0: Welcome to Life in Sense. Today we speak to broadcaster, writer and entertainer Amy LeMay and ask her about the smells she remembers as significant in her life.
1: Oh, I'll just smell that and I'll smell this and I'll smell... Oh, I remember... Oh, my friend Cheryl used to wear this. And, you know, it's sort of the story. It's the story of your
0: life. Moments of growth and realisation. And it was like
1: discovering a lost treasure that I never knew existed. And I felt like... Like a whole new world opened up to me.
0: And the scents that have stood out as meaning something to her.
1: It's the smell of youth and kind of my taking me back to that ah, anything can happen kind of smell.
0: Some will be familiar.
1: And if you turned up to school without perfume, I mean, you might as well just go home.
0: Some more surprising. And if you really get your nose into it, just imagine nuzzling your nose into a sheep. This is Amy LeMay's Life in Scent. I'm Joe Barrett and I'm joined as ever by Odette Toilette. Here she is to tell us more about her smell-based events company.
2: Scratch and Sniff events are Adventures in Olfaction, which I host in London. Every month we take a different topic, try lots of samples, get some interesting content in and have fun.
0: What sort of reaction do you get from the people who are coming to these events?
2: When they arrive people can be quite Curious but confused as to what they're getting. As soon as we start breaking out the smells, you just can't stop people from talking. They just suddenly have all these memories coming back to them, personal stories about what happened when they were 13 and went to their first party. And it's so fascinating the way that this sense just kind of floods back all these memories. Um, and these interviews are where we get to really sink our teeth into to people's lives all through the sense of smell. Originally from New Jersey, Amy LeMay, we don't know if that's her real name, is a writer, broadcaster, performance artist, and club hostess.
0: Life in Sense with Joe Barrett and Odette Toilette. We sat down with Amy, who baked us some delicious banana bread and began by asking her about the scents that evoke memories of childhood.
1: Well, the smell that brings me back to my childhood is one that I think would make most people wretch, and it's the smell of um, sewers and (laughs) and it's a really evocative and very powerful scent for me because my dad is a plumber and every night when my dad would come in home from work he smelled like he'd been down a sewer for nine ten hours (laughs) but you know when you're a child the most exciting moment of the day is when your dad comes home from work And I loved my dad and I'm a bit of a daddy's girl. So as soon as he walked in the door, I'd be like, oh, dad, dad, dad. And, you know, just hug him. And just that smell of his uniform, of his sweatshirt, of that kind of sweat and sewage and plumbing and pipes and all of that dirty, mucky stuff to me is the most wonderful smell in the world. Um, As I got older, you know the scent didn't change uh but i realized that that scent equaled really important things for me i love portaloos i i abs i embrace them i love the smell i love the smell of open toilets when i'm in france i love the smell of sewage i love you know that kind of like that european drainage smell all of that because to me that is the smell of my college education being paid for (laughs) to me that is the smell of my very first car as a gift when i was 17. to me that is the smell of my father's blood sweat and tears and building up his business and providing for his family so i'm incredibly grateful um to him i mean his motto is we turn shit into gold and i think that is that kind of encapsulates it and for me the scent of that um, yeah, it's the most wonderful scent in the world.
2: Life in Scents What scents uh, did you discover in your teenage years? What What makes you think of that time?
1: Yeah, well, there's quite a few scents. The first one is um, Anaïs Anaïs, a Cacharel scent, I discovered this when I had convinced my parents uh, when I was 14 to uh, take in a French exchange student because I was completely obsessed with France. And uh, I had to, I gave up my bedroom. So she had my bedroom, and I stayed with my little sisters in their room. Um, and I just remember her having this amazing smell, and I couldn't work out what it was. It smelled so foreign to me. It smelled so sweet, so floral, so kind of sexual, but innocent at the same time. Um, And I became a bit obsessed with it. And I was like, I have to find out where this is from. So one day when my mom took her out shopping, her name was Anne. When she took Anne out shopping, I rifled through all of her clothes. (laughs) 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 that's terrible admission I shouldn't have done that so I rifled through all of her clothes and her suitcase and I pulled out a bottle of this anise anise and it was like discovering a lost treasure that I never knew existed and I felt like like a whole new world opened up to me uh you know you're aware of scent growing up sort of what your mum is wearing stuff but it's It's never really, it's just kind of there. I felt like it was just there. You know, with this, it was something very different. It felt like a conscious effort that she was making to smell like this. And I just thought it was so sophisticated.
0: Life in scents.
2: Did you wear scents a lot as a teenager? Was it important to you or was it a background thing? Oh my
1: gosh, it was hugely important to me. This is the eighties. This is the time of big scents. And if you turned up to school without perfume, I mean, you might as well just go home. You know, we had huge earrings, you know, wearing big satin shirts, um, leggings, um, high heels, big hair, long nails, and the scents to match that. And I think something like Paris is very big. You know, a lot of my friends in high school were wearing things like poison or... Um, uh, Beverly Hills, Giorgio, and things like that, you know, and they actually, uh, in our high school, they put a ban on Giorgio, because it was seen as too distracting for students, because, you know, you could smell them coming down the hallway, like, five minutes before they actually
2: arrived. When you smell some of those fragrances now, like Paris, what does it, conjure in your mind do you have fond memories of those scents do they still mean something to you?
1: When I smell Paris it takes me immediately back to the age of 17 when I got my driver's license and I grew up by the seaside so the smell of sea air mixed with Paris on hot sweaty summer nights to me there's nothing better I absolutely love it. It smells to me like loads of teenagers piled into a car on our way to go and see our friends who are in a band or, you know, trying to sneak into a nightclub or, you know, staying out too late or, you know, there was this one area by the beach where we go and sort of like, you know, hang out and snog in the (laughs) backseat and stuff. And it's funny because, you know, in recent years I've gone back to smell Paris very tempting you know should I buy it you know you're in duty free and you think oh I've got an hour to kill go around and you know douse yourself with as many scents as you can and I've never taken that step of buying a bottle I don't know why it seems very brash now I guess I've kind of moved on to other roses you know other florals.
0: So, so Do you think it's sometimes nice to just stumble on a scent rather than have it always there to
1: go back to. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a treat, you know, when you're in duty-free. It's it's kind of like going through a library of your life. Oh, I'll just smell that, and I'll smell this, and I'll smell, oh, I remember, oh, my friend Cheryl used to wear this, and, you know, it's sort of the story. It's the story of your life. Going to (laughs) duty-free, I love it. (laughs) I think, for me, the most uh, important moment, or significant moment, really, um, of my later teenage years, sort of like 19 going into 20 is, was coming to terms with my sexuality and realizing that I'm gay and everything that, that kind of brings with it, the, the shame, the curiosity, the joyousness, the kind of, you know, almost the kind of delayed teenage years, um, that I wasn't really able to express when I was 14, 15, 16, when, you know, you're meant to be kind of going out and doing that, um, I wasted a lot of time snogging boys and actually I wanted to be snogging girls. So the one scent that really stands out for me was um, uh, worn by a girl, love completely unrequited, but I think that it was being attracted to her that made me realise that it was my truth. And she wore Lulu by Cacharel, um, which is a kind of woody, jasmine-y, really underrated scent, I think, really popular in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and has kind of funny packaging, that weird blue and maroon strip around it, and it looks almost like a jewel, uh, kind of weird-shaped jewel. Um, yeah, so so for me, that that scent of Lulu is the scent of unrequited love that I think we all have to experience, and I'm glad for me it's so strongly associated with a scent, um, and a scent that I go back, again and smell when I want that feeling of being lost and being excited and embarrassed and confused and thinking well okay but I've got the rest of my life in front of me and who knows what might happen.
2: Life in Scents with Joe Barrett
1: and Odette Toilette There's another smell that's just come to my mind that is The smell for me when I first moved to London, I was in a house share with seven Spaniards and me and they pretty much spoke Spanish all the time. I don't speak Spanish, but I had to learn pretty quickly and it was a crazy house. I mean, you know, a flat share in Brixton, there were seven of us and then they just seemed to multiply overnight. There were nine, then there were 11 and then there were three and then there were seven and you know, but um, my... Good friend Pablo, who lived there with me, a very dear friend, um, he had this giant bottle of a child's perfume that they use in Spain, and it's called Nanuco. And the idea of like a child's cologne really intrigued me. But apparently in Spain, because of the heat, it's something that they put on babies to cool them down. And it has that a particular lemon coolness to it that I can imagine in the midday heat of, you know, in Spain, just immediately refreshes you. And that smell to me is the smell of London, it's the smell of Spanish flatmates, it's the smell of youth and kind of my early 20s taking me back to that, ah, anything can happen kind of smell.
0: Life in
1: There's one scent for me that embodies uh, the 1990s. Now, this isn't the original, but this is uh, Femininité du bois, which uh, was originally released um, by Shiseido and is the smell for me of requited love. <laughs> when I first met my partner Jenny this is what she wore and I just thought it was just the most intriguing kind of a scent that I have never smelled anything like it before. It's a touch of rose but it's quite woody and a bit oriental and very mysterious I have to say that this, I mean, I know people always go on and on. Oh, it's not as good as the original and this. But Serge Lattens, who formulated the original for Shiseido, now has his own range of scent. And it's as close as you're going to get. I mean, you know, I did have a bottle of the original and I loved the old bottle of Feminité du Bois and Shiseido. It was a beautiful, elongated, uh, kind of obelisk kind of, weird shape. It was kind of bulbous at one end on the bottom and then quite slim and tapered at the top um, with a beautiful maroon colored um, stopper at the top. Um, and I just remember, you know, I didn't have much money then and I would just save up, save up, save up. And I just, every time i walked walk through Selfridges, I'd just go and douse myself with it. Um, and I don't believe actually in sharing perfumes with someone that you're going out with because it's too weird. But this is one example And the only excuse that, you know, the only scent that I would allow and that Jenny would allow both of us to wear, but never at the same time. But we kind of we agreed that it's a scent that we both love so much that we have to share it. It just it's so warm and inviting. It's a very inviting fragrance, sort of nestling, nuzzling kind of fragrance. It really invites you in. I wear this when it's a kind of sexy date perfume, you know, when you want to appear a bit, smell a bit mysterious and kind of come to my bosom.
2: (laughs) When you smell this, does it take you back to a specific moment? Or is it a general feeling of warmth and sexiness? Um,
1: I think it's the first moment when I was actively aware of the power of scent I think previously you know all the things that I've been talking about Anaïs Anaïs and all the other ones it's almost like well it just happened you know it wasn't a conscious thing but with Feminité du Bois it was understanding the power and the significance of scent the what it can evoke what it means where it takes you back to You know, it was almost like all the kind of, you know, my mind being a giant Jenga game, kind of like, ooh, it's all clicking together, you know, and that's, and then it falls apart and you're just like, oh, that's it. That's, you know, the truth is revealed. Um, And you realize the power of scent. So that, for me, is Femininité du Bois. And it smells of, it smells of my kind of first real true love, which I'm very lucky, you know, to still have. So... It's a very special fragrance for me. Life in scents. We're always trying new scents here at home. And Jenny really loves, she loves like essential oils and stuff and is always making up her own uh, combinations and kind of burning them in essential oil burners and stuff. So we don't have any of those funny, you know, sticks that people put in jars these days or anything. Um, uh, We kind of smell things like, on purpose, if you see what I mean. It's not like scent is just kind of hanging around. We make a, a concerted effort to, to smell different things. It might make me sound like a bit of a perv, but I love armpits and that smell. I'm not talking about, you know, somebody who hasn't washed for four days and is wearing a stinky old shirt, but that, that freshness of sweat, that kind of very human smell. Um, I really love. And I just, I remember um, looking at the uh, album cover of Blondie's Parallel Lines, you know, um, which was one of the first albums I ever got and trying to pick out the sexy parts of Debbie Harry's body. And like her underarms, I had determined at the age of nine, were Debbie Harry's sexiest bit of her body.
0: Life in Sense.
2: You're a... Um, performer and you do a lot of very public-facing work, does scent play a role for you in your persona as a performer?
1: That's a really good question because I really do and I wear a particular sense according to how I want people to perceive me. You know, and even if they're not sort of reading the the signs or whatever, I know in my mind this is what I'm smelling like. I've got one here. Um, This is a perfect example. Bondi, which is just the most elegant black bottle, pure black. And this is a scent that I wear when I wake up and I think, I need to be in the most kick-assed, karate-chopped, brunette frame of mind. And I put this on and instantly it's like I can just Get out of my way, chop chop chop. It's so unusual for me. I'm used to wearing quite a lot of florals, um, but this is all deep, dark, musky leather, tobacco, whiskey, kind of gitan at three o'clock in the morning kind of smell. Um, And I think it's really helped me express a different side of my personality and embrace that. So when I spray this on, I feel like a very, uh, yeah, like like that kick-ass brunette.
2: Do you think you're drawn to fragrances that have something a bit unconventional or a bit wrong about them in mainstream taste?
1: Yeah, and I can't decide whether it's just because I'm weird, a pervert, or maybe I have a very highly refined (laughs) nostrils. I'm not really sure, but um, I mean, one of the other smells that I really love is I I love cheese. I love, um, I'm a real, I consider myself a gourmand. I love food, and I love wine. so um you know, your nostrils and your scent your sense of smell is so important because often it's the first way that you experience what you're going to eat or drink. Um, and I am a total cheese fiend. So the smell of cheese and the riper the cheese, the stronger the cheese, the more attractive it is to me, and the more it makes me want to eat it. I love more ba cheese, which, is quite a mild cheese as far as cheeses go but it's got this beautiful sweet nutty taste and I think often with um, with things like scent or food that it takes you back to a particular place and time in your life and that you very strongly associate a particular smell uh, with that. Um, to me Morbier smells, smells like sort of fresh grass of northern France and, and that kind of heat of an afternoon it's the smell of milk as well which is such a primeval kind of smell for humans you know kind of links us back To our moms, not that I was breastfed or anything. I'm being terribly romantic about it. But, you know, I I think there's something in that. There's something primeval about cheese. (laughs) Um, I think whoever invented it was just a genius.
2: When did you discover cheese?
1: Well, (laughs) being American, you know, we pretty much only had the plastic variety. (laughs) Velveeta, you know, plastic slices, things like that. Um, But when I was 16, I did uh, an exchange trip to France, which completely freaked me out. And I had never seen food like it before. And at first I was repelled by it. But then over the years, and after going back to France quite a lot, I really developed such a love of cheese. And um, yeah, just kind of, I'll pretty much eat anything. I mean, that's, you know... And I'll and I'll smell anything. I'm n- I'm not afraid of that. Some people say, "Oh my gosh, that smells so terrible! How can you eat it?" And oftentimes there are things that are that smell completely differently from the way they taste. I mean, the you know everyone knows the British cheese, stinking bishop. You know, you smell that cheese, it's like a punch to your face. But actually, when you taste it, it's quite mild. So I like those little surprises. You know, where else can we go? Manchego. Um which is a used milk cheese. And, you know, everybody might be familiar with manchego from being in a tapas bar or something. But, you know, they're all different kinds and there's quite mild manchego, very strong manchego, very aged manchego. And if you really get your nose into it, you can, especially with the older, the aged ones, it's just like, just imagine nuzzling your nose into a, a sheep, into the, into, the, into its lovely wool, gorgeous. I think anything barnyard attracts me. You know whether it's wine you know you get a barnyard smell in wine or flavor. That kind of barnyard in cheese. I'm not a country girl at all but maybe it's just sort of like I, I'm happy to experience barnyard through food. I don't actually want to <laughs> have to
2: work
0: on the farm.
2: <laughs> Life in scents.
1: There's another flower, um, this other scent That I wanted to tell you about that has recently become important to me and interesting to me. I was not familiar with Gentian until a few years ago and I spend a lot of time in the Pyrenees and one day Jenny and I were out on a big mountain walk um, sort of like in the wilds of the Pyrenees We hadn't seen anyone for hours and hours and then all of a sudden we came across this clearing in a field and there were some men digging up these stalks these giant flowers and the flowers themselves didn't have a scent but the roots did the roots smelled like nothing we had ever smelled before so earthy and dirty Um, But but clean at the same time, a kind of freshness um, and vegetal smell is very hard to pin down because I couldn't really relate it to anything else. I later found out that these men were digging up gentian um, plants to be used in um, a popular French aperitif called sous and they take them and distill the roots and make it into this drink which is quite disgusting to be honest i don't really like it and usually you see it in giant yellow bottles and sometimes if you're driving through small french towns you'll see an old-fashioned sort of painted advertisement on the side of a building for in sort of old-fashioned handwriting um and i was so impressed shocked and really like delighted that hermes came out with this fragrance. And that is, uh, this is uh, Eau de Gentienne Blanche. So for me, this is the smell of that walk and discovering new scent. And that as someone who loves scent and is interested and perpetually looking and smelling for new things, it just excited me so much. And also that it came from such a natural source that actually the first time I smelled it was in the earth and then I could have it in this little bottle.
0: Life incense.
1: When I got business to do, I wear Bondi. When um, I'm expressing a different side of me, when I want to be, I don't know, maybe a bit softer, a bit more yielding, a bit more kind of, yeah, let's talk about things, let's chat, let's, you know, a bit more feminine in that traditional sense, Um, I wear this. And this was my signature scent for, gosh, maybe three or four years, something like that. As soon as it came out, I instantly fell in love with it. And it's um, Frederique Mal's Lipstick Rose, which I think is a scent with a huge sense of humor, which is why I love it. When you smell it, you just smile. And it's so funny um, when I'm often traipsing through Les or Liberty or, you know, the very few places in London where they actually sell Frédéric Mel. Um, As soon as I walk up to the perfume counter, they look at me and, you know, it's happened on a few occasions with different salespeople. They say, you wear lipstick rose, don't you? And it's almost, it's so shocking that they can kind of identify my look through a fragrance instantly. But funnily enough, it's a scent that when I wear it, I get so many people coming up to me or you know saying what is that you're wearing? Oh my gosh and it's the kind of smell that really stays with you. It's funny at the radio station where I work you know um, I have my headphones but we have these special headphones that are covered with this sort of velveteen material and I have to share my headphones on days that I'm not there with another presenter and he always knows when i've been at work because my scent that lipstick rose has kind of penetrated the headphones <laughs> from being on my head and then around my neck when i'm not wearing them and stuff so it's interesting how this story of your scent carries on and lives elsewhere
0: you've been listening to amy lemay's life in Scent. you can listen to all of our previous episodes at lifeincense.com